You're listening to Wild and Well, a podcast where we talk to people who use data and insights to navigate the health and wellness industry. I'm your host, Kate Wilson. This is obviously a much harder conversation than the conversation we just had because anxiety is super personal. And if talking about this has taken some time for me to get to this place where I can be super vulnerable and share my story, but I'm finding that in sharing my story, it's helping other people. So I'm okay with sharing it. This is Ashley Hopkins. Ashley is the co-founder of For Progress. Ashley's currently the head of brand strategy at Wayfair. But during quarantine, Ashley and her sister Tess had a big idea to create a journal that would help people cope with their anxiety. The idea to create a journal stemmed from Ashley's own experiences with anxiety. She's been courageously sharing her story to help normalize the conversation around mental health. I grew up in a very high anxiety household. Being surrounded by it all the time, it, it was something that I was just completely, whether it's nurture versus nature, like I had it all. <laughs> and I'll never forget when I realized I had anxiety, I was on a camping trip with one of my friends in second grade. And that camping trip was so convinced that I would never see my family again, that that was going to be the end that I had to call my parents multiple times throughout the day and night just to check in on them and make sure that they were okay. And I was so traumatized from being away from home that my mom took me to the pediatrician and was like, something's up. (laughs) And actually it was then that my pediatrician said, I think you should try journaling because I was having a hard time sleeping at night. So I was, I was afraid if I fell asleep, my parents were going to die. My, my anxiety is very much centered around loss. So she said, why don't you try journaling at night? And when you journal, just write down everything that's on your mind. And then when you close the journal at night, you're closing your mind on that anxiety. And so <laughs> I started journaling in second grade and I really have a huge basket full of all of my journals. And I can go back to almost any day at any point in time and see how I was feeling that day and what I was worried about. Talking about my own journey, I've just come to realize how many people struggle with anxiety and and in such different and unique ways. My struggle with anxiety, you know, that was only like my first realization, but it compounded upon itself to the point where I couldn't go to, to camps. I couldn't do sleepover volleyball camps or even going to college was very difficult just because I was afraid of being away from my family. I was also homeschooled, so like that didn't help me at all in terms of separation. And so my anxiety is always centered around that feeling of loss. It's kind of transpired in other ways too, um, definitely from the sense of this need to control and be in control. I struggled with eating when I did go to college and and post-college. I felt like working out and eating was a way to control everything that I couldn't control because I knew I could work out for this long, I could eat this and it would help me gain control. And so it was a battle with, you know, over-exercising and under-eating for years, which was my way of, at the time, combating my anxiety. Can't tell you times I'm struggling through the middle of the workday and I said, okay, I'm going to go to the gym. It already worked out that morning. And then I was going to play volleyball at night. And it was like, that was to me, what journaling should have been. But I was leaving the journal behind because it was a new way to control everything that fell out of control in my day. Journaling and therapy in particular have been really useful tools for Ashley. 
I would say the combination of journaling and therapy. It took me a really long time to even admit to anyone that I had a therapist or to even recognize that I needed one. And you go back to my story on working at ASICS and my journey with running. You know, I actually had a therapist all through my running in college because my my coach was a sports psychologist. So those runs, I was technically having therapy sessions, but I don't think I ever acknowledged it as such. And I think there's still stigma around you know, therapy and mental health. And we're getting better as a society about talking about it. But it took me a while before I could actually say, yes, I see a therapist and say it proudly. It also took me a really long time to find a good one. I think I went five or six before I found one that I was like, okay, she gets me. I get her. We can make this work. So I'd been doing talk therapy for maybe four years. It wasn't until more recently around COVID when the anxiety became so much more uncontrollable, especially in the middle of the night, waking up at three o'clock and being like, am I ever going to see anyone again? Am I ever going to live my life again? And having your day spent in a tiny box of an apartment that I recognized I needed something more than talk therapy. And I had tried medicine in the past and it wasn't right for me. I think that's great and it helps a ton of people, but it, it wasn't the right journey for me. That was when I recognized, okay, I need something different than talk therapy. I need, I need tools. I need to establish like a program for myself to help me get out of it. And that's when I started seeing, I actually went through a, a clinic at MGH for, it was their center for anxiety. And it actually took me through all the cognitive behavioral therapy techniques from exposure therapy to cognitive restructuring, which we'll talk about and um, really help me figure out what works for me in those 3 a.m. <laughs> moments of complete panic. Ashley's personal experience with anxiety and journaling led to her and her sister Tess starting their new company, For Progress. I've always been someone who wanted to start a business and wanted to have my own thing. And my sister, um, she's also felt that way too. So actually back in December, of 2019 we were like this is our year 2020 and we said okay let's let's at least have a business idea by the end of 2020 and we have very unique skill sets so like mine being market research and marketing and hers being supply chain and procurement so we were trying to figure out like is this an app is this a, a store like what are we trying to create and I have a mentor who said well why don't you examine things that you use in your day-to-day -day life that could be made better? And COVID hit. And that's when my anxiety went through the roof and I had gone through this program. And as I was going through this program, I would email my husband and send him the worksheets and say, can you print this out for me? And he's printing out my anxiety worksheets at his office and bringing them back. And then I just had this stack of like really personal stuff sitting my kitchen counter and I'm like oh gosh like thank god I'm not in the office so no one sees it. this is actually really helpful there's got to be something I can buy that can I can put all this in I started googling and you know there are other anxiety notebooks out there but they all say anxiety on them or worry or therapy or they just like are not something that I would feel comfortable carrying or want my bedside table or whatever and I'm trying to help prevent the stigma around mental health but I also want to be in control of who knows about my mental health and I want my journal to be discreet so that way I can share who I want to share with and not share who I don't want to share with 
So that's when I called my sister and was like, I think I got it. <laughs> There's a need for cognitive behavioral therapy type journals out there that are discreet and can be used between therapy appointments. And I want to be careful to say like, this journal is never intended to replace therapists. It's really cool to be used alongside therapists or help people feel comfortable getting to that point to see a therapist. I called a girlfriend who's an incredible designer and I was like, can you help me make a logo? And as I, I called her, not just because she's an incredible designer, but because when I thought about aesthetic for this journal, I was like, she has like very black, white, gray, gold, red, everything. If she was going to use this herself, what would it look like? And so I kind of designed it for her and then called her and asked her to design it for me. <laughs> for Progress initially started as Passion for Progress. Your head started an Instagram handle, Passion for Progress, like a long time ago, thinking that this was going to be something that she did. And when I was talking to my friend who was a designer, I was like, yeah, we're thinking Passion for Progress. And she's like, let's, can we talk about anxiety for a second? She's like, a lot of people who have anxiety are struggling feel passionate about things and if you say like passion for progress it's also more female and it's also too aspirational and she was like when I think about why you would want to progress in something I would ask you for what like why would you want to do this and she's like for progress she's like I, I like that like for progress makes sense and then we started googling for progress for and the url was sixteen thousand dollars <laughs> Go back to the drawing board. Not that you have to have a URL that perfectly matches your business, but I'm actually the oldest of four girls. And in starting this business with my sister and in looking at all of our career paths and all of the things that, you know, for each of us is, is actually an obstacle in the way of success. For me, it's anxiety. You know, for my sisters, it's been different things. We thought, okay, four, F-O-U-R, because it ties us four together and it's product lines we can have one that ladders into each of us Our, you know elevator pitch is for progress is a company that helps create products or services that uh, help individuals overcome obstacles again the way of success so for me it's anxiety and that's where the worry for nothing journal came in we grew up in a very catholic household and there's a verse Bible that's like worry for nothing and looking for things that had the four in it to tie it back to our brand. So when we heard that, we're like, oh, that works. And then we could use our brand's uh, logo within the design on the cover. The Worry for Nothing journal is based on cognitive behavioral therapy. It focuses on challenging and changing cognitive distortions and behaviors. The journal ultimately uses a technique called cognitive restructuring. It helps people challenge their unproductive thoughts and behaviors in order to cope with their anxiety. Cognitive restructuring is an element of CBT that helps you restructure negative thought patterns. And it's supposed to be used with catastrophizing and um, negative thought patterns and ruminating thoughts, which is really what I struggle with more so than anything else. And one of the things that stuck with me the most is it's not about restructuring your thoughts into more positive thoughts because you're never going to believe yourself when you're mid-anxiety. If I'm worried that I'm totally screwing something up at work, I'm not going to do this journaling exercise and be like, oh, you know what? I'm, I'm great. I'm, I'm going to nail this. This is going to be awesome. Like, it just doesn't work like that. So cognitive restructuring is not about thinking more positive. It's about thinking more realistically. The way that the journal works and in, in cognitive restructuring works is writing down what happened to identify 
the trigger that caused you to feel anxiety. Grounding yourself in your feelings, both physical and emotional. Identifying what your worry thought is. So what are you thinking? Then looking at evidence that supports the thought and evidence that contradicts the thought. And this is the part that really helps me is when you're looking at evidence that supports the thought, it's giving your anxiety the ability to run free and say all the reasons why your anxiety is valid, which for me is so helpful because it stops me from feeling like, am I losing it? Am I crazy? Like, it's like, no, here are all the reasons why this anxiety is valid for me. And then for the evidence that contradicts it, it's like, okay, if Kate, you were telling me why none of this is true as my friend, what would you be telling me? In the past, I've done well, or reasons why this isn't accurate, and writing it all down. And then in the next step, it's, a, it's looking at the two and saying, okay, what's a more realistic thought? So maybe everything at work is going heavywire, and I have this report that I'm never going to get done in time, so I'm feeling like I'm incompetent. And it's instead, I might not get this report done on time, but I know that I have a team that's going to back me up, that's going to help me get through this, that I'm not going to lose my job because I've proven myself and I'll take this as a learning lesson. And that's not like going to snap me into suddenly mastering it, but it's going to help me recognize that realistically, even if I fail at this, I'm going to be okay. And then looking at how you're feeling again after that. Even though cognitive restructuring is a tool that many therapists will have you use in therapy, one of the things that's really important is having someone who's unbiased to give you feedback. So there are times that I've done cognitive restructuring exercises in the past that I haven't identified trends in my ways of thinking that my therapist has. And she's been like, I think we need to talk about this. And I, I can only improve based on the feedback that she gives me. It, it can only get you so far. The other thing is cognitive restructuring isn't for everything. You are having a full blown anxiety attack. It's going to be really hard to sit down with a journal and in journal. And I think in helping prevent getting there, therapy is really important and in helping beyond just the Re more realistic thinking, but in, in identifying like real things in your life that are, are burdens or are cause for depression, cause for anxiety and how to work through that. There are things that my therapist has taught me that I would never have learned from just a journal and in the ways that I can cope and deal with anxiety in, in more meaningful and productive ways, especially if you identify a trigger that is a person you have to interact with on a day-to-day -day life. There's only so much journaling you can do about that person before you're, you're still going to have anxiety every single day. So I think it's really important to have a therapist on top of the journal. I've heard a variety of types of feedback. Some have been similar to mine where anxiety keeps you up at night and it's a great pre-bed routine, even when you don't necessarily have something that's really anxious on your mind. It's just like this, okay, what sort of things are floating around that might keep me up if I think about it right before I'm about to fall asleep? I've heard from other folks who have had anxiety about doing things like grocery shopping or especially in the pandemic where you feel like afraid to be out in public or loss of a loved one who've said that they actually take their journal with them and have journaled before going into the grocery store before or have journaled for doctor's appointments, things like that. Those are two examples. A couple of my friends who have kids have said is the tone in the journal is very approachable. So they're kids who refuse to go to therapy. They've started using them as a way to start to approach therapy in a really 
gently way and understand that not all therapists are gonna you know grill you or be like put you on a couch and <laughs> have you lay down and just make you think about your past so that's also been a really great way that some people have used it one of the things that my sister and i decided early on was that we were going to launch our journal both on our own e-commerce platform and on amazon and we did this thoughtfully because we both have full-time jobs and we don't have time to manage all the logistics of having our own company that we need to run with marketing and advertising dollars spent out of our own pocket. So we were like, Amazon is pretty turnkey and we can get it up and running. So we used a couple tools. One of them is called Jungle Scout and one is called Helium. And it actually looks at trends in search, both in search volume and in purchase behavior based on keywords. And so in knowing once we figured out, okay, anxiety journals seem like a, a topic that people would be searching for more now than ever, given the pandemic, we use that those tools to actually see how search trends were performing. It also evaluates competitive market to see how well the other products are performing within that um, keyword. And so we saw that there, there was high demand and only medium volume of products and every product we looked at, we were like, we can do better than that. We can do better than that. So we looked at that. We looked at Google search trends as well. We evaluated what, what else was on the market and decided that was what was what we were going to go for. Sometimes it's hard to believe that I have my own company. I'm like, oh, wait, no, we actually have gone through the trademarking, the copywriting, we've gone through the like LLC process. Like we have a business, <laughs> we have a tax ID, we pay taxes, <laughs> which is hard to believe sometimes. I think it's really exciting. I, I mean, Tess and I talk all the time about like what this could turn into for us. And, and again, we, we started this because we, we both wanted to be entrepreneurs someday. The journal itself is something that I think both she and I feel like we're doing something meaningful for the world outside of our day-to-day -day jobs. I mean, she's a professor, so she's obviously doing meaningful work. I work in health and fitness, so that I think is still meaningful, but this is more personal and we're receiving a ton of feedback that's very tear-jerking, incredible feedback. When people buy your product on Amazon, you can see when they write notes to other people and like the, the notes that people were writing to their friends as gifts were so touching and thoughtful. And so it's just really great to hear that. We also had a young woman brought the journal to a local foundation in Rhode Island and said that she thought it would help with suicide prevention in the local school system. And we got an email from them on Friday that they wanted to buy a bulk order to have for the students in the school system that Tess and I went to. That to me, I mean, I like getting emotional talking about it, but is so fulfilling that we can do something that gives back in a way to a community that we grew up in, that we both have been impacted by suicide in the past with loved ones. So it's, it's just like super close to home, but also very fulfilling and rewarding. While starting a new business has been really fulfilling for Ashley, she's faced some challenges as well. We recently just had a manufacturing issue that we discovered after sending a ton of journals to Amazon. So we found that a few of the pages were upside down, which is super frustrating. Um, and then each journal is in a plastic poly bag. So to, in order to check all of our inventory, we had to hand remove every single one, go through every single journal, identify which ones were defected, 
deal with our manufacturer to try and get a new, uh, and, and it's, you know, we're also dealing with Chinese New Year and trying to get, make sure that we have enough shipments in for our e-commerce site, for Amazon, for wholesale partnerships that we're, we're starting on. So the most trying so far has definitely been dealing with that issue. Ashley also uses data and insights for product improvements to make sure they're offering customers a product they love. Amazon uh, reviews are super helpful. We've gotten a lot of, of feedback around color options. We've also received feedback. So we've tried to talk to a lot of mental health professionals to say, would you use this? What sort of things would you want changed? We've also heard feedback on the type of binding that we're using or the, the cover material. So those are things that we're taking into consideration for updating. We heard from a lot of consumers after we first launched, we reached out to a bunch of people who had purchased and said, like, what would you do differently? What do you wish you had? We've identified that people actually wanted more space to um, reflect after they did the first 10 or so entries to see if they could identify patterns themselves. So we created our, la our latest version. We created with reflection pages every 10 pages, every 10 worksheets that people have more space to actually work through what patterns they might be seeing in their thought and in, in their negative thinking. So we're trying to consistently be open to more feedback and reach out to both mental health professionals who we're sending the journal to for free for feedback, as well as consumers who've used it for some time now to say, what would you do differently? Ashley gives some solid advice to those looking to start a business as well. It helped too that my mentor also had created journals in the past. So she had a supplier and manufacturer um, overseas that she could refer us to, which cut down on a ton of time for us to try to build a relationship with a you know, new manufacturer overseas during COVID. Terry has been incredible. She, she was like, I said, she hired me as an intern in college. And it's funny, when I first approached her to hire me as an intern, she was like, no. I don't do interns. <laughs> and I was like, but I'm different. I promise you like me. <laughs> and I kept pitching her and I got people in the company to believe in me and they all begged her. And so she finally gave in and she's like, just don't talk to me. <laughs> and sure enough, I talked to her a lot and she has become, you know, she's like one of my, the most incredible mentors I've ever had, both business wise and per personally, um, I talk to her on the phone all the time. My husband adores her and we, she and her husband and, and David and I get dinner with them and talk about all things. So she's been, um, my mentor in all things, but she actually started a business after she sold her advertising agency and has been really successful in creating a variety of products, including journals. So when I, my sister and I met with her right before the pandemic started and said, we want to start a business, not knowing yet what it could be. She was like, well, journals are great. And we kind of were like, yeah, maybe, I mean, there's so many journals out there and th kind of threw it away. And then when we decided the anxiety journal, I immediately called her and said, okay, we're doing a journal. <laughs> Walk us through. So she's been great. Tess and I have had multiple um, conversations with her about like paper stock to, um, different types of binding to sh different ways to ship from overseas. And she's been um, really fantastic in helping us get set up on Amazon, helping us figure out the right way to, to purchase and work with um, vendors overseas and, and everything. She's been a huge asset. I would say 
definitely get involved in groups with other entrepreneurs. I am involved in a, quite a few where we share ideas and it's really helped give me the confidence to start. I also think from a market research perspective, making sure that you do your homework and, and I, you know, before you spend a ton of money, make sure that there is a want or need for it. One of the things that I did was I have, we have a mental health group at work and I talked to people and said, Hey, can I get 15 minutes of your time and walk you through a concept and see what you think? Um, and try not to get people that are just going to like, yes, ma'am, you <laughs> make sure you have some people who are going to play devil's advocate and say all the reasons why it won't work. So that you think through both sides and listen to podcasts. I mean, how I built this, your podcast, so many podcasts are really helpful for people who are considering taking a leap and hearing stories and hearing about failures so that you can learn from others. I mean, one of the big aspects has been working with my sister. Um, she is completely different in the way that she thinks about things. And we really balance each other out. So I think even for entrepreneurs who are thinking about starting a business and having a partner that challenges you, um, that balances you, that you trust fully, <laughs> um, has been super important. And um, she's been really humble. And, you know, I've talked a lot about how Worry for Nothing is, is like my uh, personal journey and she hasn't had this as much. So I think she's had to, I, I don't want to say take a backseat because she certainly drives so much forward, but she had to be okay with, you know, social media posts that are just like, congrats, Ashley, which I'm sure sucks to have that happen because she's just as much part of the story as I am. Um, just different. She's like so much more of the business mindset and figuring out logistics where I'm more of that like soft, softer marketing, market research, um, personal experience side of the business. And I think that's really important to acknowledge all the hard work that she's put into and that it's not just me either, that she's an incredible partner. It's time for the wild card segment. We will get to know Ashley a little bit better. I'll ask her 10 rapid fire questions and she'll answer with the first thing that comes to mind. Let's do it. What makes you laugh the most? Uh, my husband. He has like the driest, wittiest sense of humor that I adore. Oh, <laughs> cute. What makes you feel at peace? Journaling, definitely. Um, running as well. What's at the top of your bucket list? Mm, ooh, I mean, I would love to be a fully self-supporting entrepreneur and not rely on anyone else for my income. That's amazing. What fictional character do you identify with most? Oh, gosh, that is really hard. Mine is Leslie Nope. <laughs> That is amazing. My best friend, I always call her Leslie Nope, too. <laughs> and she calls me Anne. Oh, <laughs> nice. What is your definition of success? Um, learning from failures. Oh, when was a moment you felt like you had failed? Okay, this is super embarrassing, but also hysterical. So I know I failed. My first project when I graduated college was to issue um, new debit cards for this bank client of mine. And I didn't hear of or know of the concept of proofreading. And so I just approved everything, assuming that it looked good because the picture looked good. 
and the phone number was one digit off. And so everyone who tried to activate their bank debit card was taken to a sex hotline. (laughs) (laughs) That is phenomenal. (laughs) I don't know how I wasn't fired. I really don't. (laughs) Oh my God. That is hilarious. Switching gears a little bit. Are you an introvert or an extrovert? Uh, Extrovert. Awesome. What do people get wrong about you? Most people don't know that I was homeschooled and would never guess. So I don't know if that counts, but. No, that's true. When you said that, I was like, whoa, what a unique fun fact about you. Yeah. Most I think most people think homeschoolers are very quiet and reserved and I'm definitely the opposite. (laughs) Yeah. And you're super extroverted. So to be homeschooled, I feel like, yeah, super interesting. Weird. What is the last book you read and loved? Um, I just, the last book that I read and loved, it's probably Normal People. And I'm, I need to watch the TV show now, the TV series. I watched the TV series. It was good. It was good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite beverage? Uh, seltzer water or wine. I mean, really my favorite, favorite beverage is a dirty martini. <laughs> Dry, rocks on the side, blue cheese stuffed olives. <laughs> the details are key. <laughs> All right, everybody, that's all we have for the wildcard segment. Make sure you go to Amazon.com and pick up your very own copy of the Worry for Nothing Journal by For Progress. That's all I have for this episode. I hope you enjoyed listening to the amazing Ashley Hopkins at For Progress. Remember to subscribe to the podcast for more episodes like this one. Also, feel free to give me a review and let me know what you think about the podcast. Have a great week and remember to be wild and well.